Welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast. My name is Amanda Smith, and I am your host. Every week, we talk about all things business, life, and being a woman in this crazy world. I hope that you could take something with you today and build a life that you love. Are supported by Barbara Arredondo with Clay Stapp and Co. Real Estate. Clay Stapp and Co. is a boutique real estate agency, and Barbara is a top producer, voted D Magazine's best real estate agent, and top four percent of realtors in the Lakewood, East Dallas area. Way to go, Barbara! Barbara's understanding of client services stems from many years of business and project management in the telecommunications industry. Today, as a realtor, Barbara leverages her experience in every step and detail of her real estate transaction. She has so much to give, and she's so wonderful. She connects buyers and sellers in DFW and specializes in resales and new construction. She can help you find your dream home, so go follow her on Instagram at Dallas underscore real estate underscore agent. That's where she is. As soon as you type up those first few characters, you will probably see her. Um, you can also reach her at 214-642-7696. Hey friends, how's it going? I'm going to walk up these stairs on these heels. Are you ready? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, how are you loving tonight? Give me a cheer. Are you guys ready for the dance party? We're going to get down. Oh my God. What? No. Who's ready to dance our butts off? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to get it. Um, I'm so excited because one of my favorite people, she, I want to say we're best friends now, but we're not. It's fine. Jacqueline Johnson is the CEO of Create and Cultivate. She's also the author of Work Party, the book, and the host of Work Party, the podcast. Um, she is amazing. She has built not one, but two companies from the ground up to multi-million dollar companies. Um, I think we all know who she is. So let's just like give it up for Jacqueline Johnson. <laughs> So excited. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. We're here. We both have our phones like weirdos. How's it going? Dallas, hi, guys. What? It's Friday night. I think we're just excited to this see you. This is awesome. You. You're in a room full of amazing women. What? This is You guys best. are awesome. Okay. You got here. How, <laughs> how hot was it today when you got off the plane? So I'm from Florida. So I just like get off the plane and I feel like I'm right back home. It's like bring on that oh, humidity. God. I'm used to it. I understand yes. it. I hydrate. It's like swampy. All it's the things. Nasty. <laughs> I'm going to scoot my chair back because I look like I'm about to just like sit on you. No, it's okay. Um, Am I going to my lap? No, we're good. Women Are supporting good? women. I support you so much. Um, Y'all, this is the bomb. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I just, 
Well, first of all, I have to say thank you to you. Look at this incredible event. And getting all these incredible women together. I know how challenging that is. And I am usually the one planning these events. I can't tell you how nice it is yeah. to just be up here to hang. I'm so glad. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for and being here. And can we give a round of applause for this one? Thanks. That's sweet. <laughs> Um, okay, we're just going to kick it off. I'm going to say Let's thank you for being a badass. And you are just like making waves for us, for female entrepreneurs. And we just want to say thanks. I mean, I'm trying, you guys. <laughs> she is. She's I'm just, trying. I'm working on it. It's work in progress, yeah. always. And we don't know how to sit and whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, so for those people who may be like living under a rock or whatever, just tell us really quickly who you are. And what you do. Yeah, so if you have no idea who I am, hi, how are you? Um, my name's Jacqueline, uh, but I am the CEO and founder of Create and Cultivate. If you don't know what that is, we're an online platform and offline event series. Thanks, girl. Uh, I was like, if I choke up there, I was like, I need some water. Um, and we're most well known for our large scale conferences. We do them all across the country. We also create content for women like yourself on our site. Uh, we have a podcast, I have a book, all sorts of things, but we are a team of 22 women awesome. in LA just figuring it out. And in. last year we were eight, so you know, snaps. They're getting it. There's so much going on though. I mean, it's you need so exhausting. many people. You do, and it's yeah. hard because that's expensive. Um, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> that costs <laughs> a lot of money. Um, oh but it's been awesome scaling and growing a business from the ground up. As you mentioned, I think we're completely self-funded. Um, yeah. So we're working to figure out, you know, how to make it work. Yeah. Okay, we're going to jump right in. Um, my first question is, you started CNC, Create and Cultivate. If you hear me say CNC, I'm just going to... You, you, you know what it yeah. is. Um, with a dream and a vision and from conception to now how it's evolved over, what's it been, nine, 10 years? It's been five years, what? but it feels like it's been 90 years. Oh so, it's, and it's complicated, and I'll, I'll get into we it. We can get into it in yeah. a moment. Um, but since it's evolved so much, you now you have probably some systems down mm. and things that you're running. So how, how did you figure out those systems from just Google to like now we have this and this and I know how to do QuickBooks or whatever. Uh, <laughs> love a QuickBook. Um, so basically I had the luxury. So I had a company before Create and Cultivate, right. less well known because yes. um, it wasn't a consumer facing company. It was an agency called No Subject. It was a marketing yes. and events company. I started that company when I was 23, had no idea what I was Which, doing. Can I say something? Yeah. When I was reading your book, I was like, No Subject. They just kept saying No Subject. And I was like, no, it's confusing. That's the name of her company. The name of the company. I just thought it was like, they can't talk about it. It's not legal. It's, Whatever. Anyway. It's very confusing. My it's still <laughs> confusing. Um, but yeah, so so we had this company, and I started it and went through all the trials and tribulations of you know running a company, figuring out quick booksing, payroll, healthcare, getting clients, losing clients, clients that wouldn't pay, whatever. And I, I went through it as a very young, naive, emotional entrepreneur. And I learned so many valuable lessons going through that. Um, came out the other side and I, and for context, I had this company for seven years. Um, and then eventually started this side hustle called Create and Cultivate, which was just a selfish way to meet cool ladies and hang out. Um, and I just put it together and I was like, this is fun. It made approximately zero dollars for a very long time. Um, <laughs> hey girl, hey. <laughs> 
Um, and it was just something I did to get cool women together. It was super fun and I was super passionate about it. Never in a million years thought it could be a business. And eventually someone pointed it out to me. Um, so basically um, my business partner now in Crane Cultivate was like, what is that? What is that thing you're doing? And I'm like, no, oh, that's not a thing. Um, she's like, no, 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 I think that's a business. Like, you are sitting here doing all the marketing, all the events for all these companies, and you're not doing it for yourself. Why? And I was like, that is a good question. Like, I don't know. So basically, I kind of just doubled down on myself. Um, I was like, that's a really good point. And, you know, I don't know anything about throwing large-scale events. I don't know anything about running a consumer brand. But, like, fuck it. If I'm going to invest money, I'm going to invest it in myself. So I ended up doing that and um, ended up selling my first business, which was amazing. And kind of just was like, all right, let's do this. And that was three years ago. So I was, I was running both companies for two years. Don't recommend that. Not I don't good. either. It was awful. I got married in that mix. I renovated a house. I was really testing every boundary in my life. I was like, let's do this. It was awful. So we're glad you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm married. I still have a house and a company. So there you go. Tea, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not good one. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into this later, but I want to talk about like your self care and like currently who's doing a side hustle and a full time job? Yeah. Okay. Bless us. Bless us all. Because I'm teaching full time. Some people are, are running companies full time and they have a side gig or whatever. And it's hard as hell. Mm -hmm. And you are like, at the end of the school year, I almost like lost my mind, mm -hmm. you know, because this thing kept growing. So um, keep that in mind. And we're going to talk about that in a yeah. second. Well, I, di I, I didn't answer yeah. your question. So to answer no. your first question, <laughs> the reason why I feel like I was able to grow and scale, create and cultivate so quickly was I had a little bit of a case study with my first business. I saw what worked, what didn't work. I knew what I needed yeah. to do differently. Um, I hired differently. I fired differently. I like invested money in different ways. I like understood what I needed. So I had a foundation. So I did have a leg up in that way. Yeah. And then now I've understood and I know how to run companies with like 10 people and under. Like I can do that all day long. And I just like go and do and run and shift and grow. So when it came to scaling the business and saying, we, there's no way we can do this with 10 people. Like we need to yeah. scale. I brought in experts. So I brought in a COO um, who's come in. She's scaled. She's operationalized the business. She's brought in like task management platforms and Slack and this and team meetings and financials and court. Like, it's a totally different world, and I love it, but I was like, I'm not excited about that part of it. Like, I'm, like, over here, like, who's going to speak? What's the stage going to look like? I'm not like, did you know there's a new healthcare law in California? I'm like, ugh. So if that's not your thing, like, definitely figure that out. But, like, I had to do that for a very long time right. at a manageable rate. But when it became a place where it's, like, very different and a different level, you know, playing field, it's like you have to make invest in those hires yeah well and you probably grew so quickly with create and cultivate that you were like i don't know how to keep up right yeah so what was <laughs> what was that moment this is not in my notes yeah. but what was that moment that you were like oh shit i think i need to like hire somebody or i think i need to bring on a coo yeah um it was definitely last year um after doing wow. my like 10 city book tour um, and basically what kind of kept happening, and if anyone can relate to this, was we, we were having turnover within the company quickly. Um, and it was because one, 
we were working so much. There was there's too much work. And it's one of those things where it's like a blessing and a curse. You're getting all this business. You're like, oh, my God, amazing. But you don't know you're getting that business six months before. So you're not staffing that way. So it was one of those things um, where I was trying to keep up with the demand, but also trying to be fiscally conservative and make money. And it was like this hard tango until basically I was like, I, you know, I'm just going to have to like throw caution to the wind a little bit, make, start hiring ahead of the curve. Um, and I, I, that was really good advice um, from someone where they were saying like, you need to start hiring six months out with the prediction that you will be making that money. Um, and if anyone's in this position, it can, from a full-time perspective, that's very scary um, because it's really difficult to fire people and let people go. But if you're in that situation, what you can do is bring on freelancers or permalancers or contract employees. Um, and so we were able to get into a position where I could say, all right, I, let's bring you on for the six months and see how it goes. And then eventually we ended up hiring a lot of those people full-time because um, the business ended up keeping up. But I mean, it was like, 10 city tour, I was so tired. I was like doing Excel spreadsheets. I was like on the local news in the morning and then I was like figuring stuff out, like booking the keynote speaker, writing the questions, building stuff. And then I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, I am dying. You're, well, your brain is like, yeah. your phone's on dead. And you know when you your phone dies and then it's like, nope, got to connect to something or it's not yeah. going to come to life. <laughs> Literally, it, it me. Yeah. Um, I am that phone. Yeah. So that's fine. You're yeah. here. We got you. <laughs> um, okay, a lighter question. <laughs> um, Sorry, I went real dark. On no, that. <laughs> we are, we're all yeah. in the trenches. Like <laughs> we are in the trenches trying to figure this out. So we are here for it. Um, what does a typical day, and maybe it's not typical, maybe everything is different, um, at CNC in the office? And now you guys built a clubhouse, which is so fun. And it's going to be done soon. It's oh, very yes. exciting. I can't wait to see. Um, yeah, I mean, there is no real typical day. I mean, there's team meetings. We have a lot. We have meetings tied to different events, teams on different events. You know, we're constantly thinking, what's the design? What's the stage? You know, who are we bringing on from sponsorship? How are ticket sales? It's all different divisions all the time, different conversations, different teams. Um, but for me personally, like, I get into the office at 7 a.m., I get in before everyone else. I have like two hours of sanity where I'm like answering emails, doing proposals, getting things organized. And then my day literally consists of like 30 minute back to back meetings. Like it's pretty annoying. Um, and I'm just like taking notes, doing all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, I go and record the podcast one day or I'll be able to like, you know, meet with our floral vendor and like come up with cool ideas and like be creative. And, and I get to travel a lot, which I really enjoy. I love going to different cities and meeting different people. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Crate and Cultivate is like we don't just stay in LA and New York. Like we really try to get outside those two cities. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no typical day. It's just a lot of hard work, a lot of hustling, a lot of Microsoft Excel. Like, Seven. you know. It's super sexy. <laughs> I think it's it is. really <laughs> glamorous. It's so glamorous. Um, so you are constantly doing events in all of these different cities across the country. And I know people have asked you in your stories before, like, are you coming to Europe? <laughs> and I know you probably would love that. But um, as far as events, how are you keeping things fresh? Do you feel like you constantly have to innovate to stay ahead? Because we talked about this earlier in our first panel. It used to be like five times of touches to make someone 
oh, I know who that is now. But now it's like 12 because there's everything's yeah. like saturated. And so you're inundated. How, yeah. yeah, you're inundated with so much stuff. So how do you feel like you're always innovating? How are you guys keeping things fresh? Yeah, I mean, I think I am constantly trying to think of new and exciting things that we can do. I'm always trying to one-up two up, three up ourselves on like any type of event we do. Like I am our, I am definitely our toughest critic when it comes to all of our different events and in, in the way things go. I care so much, um, which I think comes across in the events. I'm like, okay, how was lunch? You hated lunch? Great. We're going to change that. How is that? Can you hear them? You hate that? Okay. We're going to move it. Like I am like in the weeds with everyone, um, which is what I think makes for a good experience because I care when people are spending hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks with us. I'm like, that's a lot of money. So what would my expectation be for $500? Like, yeah. you know, and my expectation would be X, Y, and Z. And I want to make sure we're hitting that. I'm like making out with this microphone. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think at the same time, it is challenging because we live in a Pinterest world, an Instagram world, and like everyone's ideas are everyone else's. There's a lot of like mixed messages and things. And then we see stuff that we've done at different places. Everyone's like, oh my God, this stage, you guys did this stage. And I'm like, Honestly, I don't even care. Like, at, we're, I'm like, we need to be what's the next cool thing. Like, and so for us, I'm like, like we're constantly thinking. I mean, that's why I was like, where aren't we reaching our audience? We aren't doing a podcast. Let's launch a podcast. Like, we need a book. Let's launch a book. Like, let's keep moving and growing. And we have some big announcements at the end of the year I'm really, really excited about. Um, but we're, we're getting into product, um, which I can't say too much about, but is a really exciting and new leap for us. Um, but so exciting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like honestly in this day and age, momentum is so key for any business. Being able to have different announcements, whether it's like a new service, a discount or whatever it is that you guys do and just saying like, hey, we're going to be here. Hey, we're going to be there. Like one of the things about Create and Cultivate that I think we do so well is the moment our big conference is over, that Monday, we're announcing a new city. We have a new keynote ready. We have five speakers. Tickets are on sale. And people are ready for it. And people are there <laughs> for it because I looked at our analytics and our highest traffic day was the day after our conference because everyone's looking on Instagram and being like, what's that? I want to be there. And then boom, there's a ticket available for them. So we didn't want to miss that mark. Um, Someone write that down. I need to remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're recording this. Yeah, we're recording um, this. I've never listened to it but again. But like, I think that's, I started, I looked at other conferences' websites, and again, this was more of a, like a while ago, but they would go dark after a conference for six months and then be like, okay, like we're ready again. And I was like, no, like, constant momentum, constant news, constant buzz. Like you have to create that. You have to manufacture your own momentum. Ooh, that's good. Write that down. Um, <laughs> we're going to clap. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Woo. Um, okay. We're going to get into you as Jacqueline because you're married and you have a dog and uh, I'm married to my dog and you're married to your dog. Um, I really was tempted to bring my dog up here so that you could just have some cuddles, but she would tear everything up. Um, <laughs> how are you avoiding, um, this is a buzzword, burnout? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to let you dive in. Yeah. So um, I'm really bad at it. I, I always get this question. I'm always like, I wish I was like, I'm celery juicing. I'm Pilates. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just like working my ass off. Like, you're trying, you're doing Pilates. I see I, story. Okay. I just started. Okay, okay. girl, call me out. Good, no, um, good job. I'm no, saying good job. I, but this was like a new thing where I'm like prioritizing yeah. being healthy because for me, I love work and I 
can, I can work all day long. Like, I don't mind it. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, like, burnout's different for everyone and self-care is different for everyone. I know for me, like, one of my biggest things is I need eight hours of sleep. If I get, like, anything less, I am non-functioning human. Like, I'm not available. Um, so for me, that's definitely part of it. It's like, I care about that. I also am really good at feeling when I'm getting to that point of burnout. So I'm like, well, this is it. I literally can't do it anymore. I need to like take a day, go on vacation or whatever it is and like remove myself from the situation. So I think knowing that too is like knowing your boundaries, knowing when you're feeling that level of burnout. But the reality is if I had the luxury of being like every day that was difficult to be like, oh, well today I'm just really gonna like take a day off and da da da. Like my business wouldn't be where it is. Like yeah. it's true and I, I, I feel bad saying that because I know like it's so important to everyone. Everyone's like work-life balance, whatever. Totally get it and I'm like about it. But if you want to be in the, like, do you guys know who Kristen S is? Yes. Angel, she's the best she's and she's, she's a good friend of mine. And her and I chat about this all the time because she doesn't like show it as much. I'm like over here dying, but I'm like, she works her fucking ass off. And we always are like that. And we talk about it a lot. If you haven't listened to the podcast episode with her, you should, but we're like, she's like, I've missed births, birthdays, whatever. Like we're working all the time, but we've built amazing businesses and we've been friends for over seven years doing it together. And like, it requires a level of commitment that sometimes can really upend your life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Again, think, going real dark. Uh, um, no, but, like that's what you're about. It's the and truth. I, I feel like people should talk about that because it's yeah. like I work all the time. Yeah. Oh, I get it. And yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. And I think. I think as women, we hear that and we're like, oh wow. I would. I guess. Should I feel bad about that? No, you know? and also, that's because I want to build a big right. business. And you're like, also the leader. Exactly. Like, you are the like, CEO. I want to build a multi-billion dollar company. Like, I want to run a huge, huge, like, and that's my thing. That doesn't have to be for everyone. Like, and I think that's okay, too. Um, I think it's perfectly acceptable to make a run a company that breaks even you're chilling you're having a good day you're getting your paycheck and like you're living a good life that's great too um you know I come from a family of entrepreneurs all shapes all sizes all different types of businesses um and it's all a very varying landscape but for me personally that's what excites me and that's what I want to be about and again not everyone has to do that and not every business has to be like that We are supported by Lux and Bloom. Lux and Bloom, gorgeously curated gift boxes for every occasion. At Lux and Bloom, they believe that gifts should be beautiful, thoughtful, and personal with attention to detail. They also believe that gift giving should be as enjoyable as an experience for the giver and for the recipient. So go let them help you gift gorgeously. You can find them online at luxandbloom.com. That's L-U-X-E and bloom.com. And on Instagram at shopluxandbloom. That's awesome. So you are trying to take care of yourself by doing Pilates. <laughs> I am trying to do Pilates, yeah. Like, what else are you doing? Like, drinking water? I see, I drink, I see our session Pilates girls okay, over here, okay and they're guys. just dying. <laughs> no, I the, I love Pilates, because, like, I basically started to feel, like, 
weak. Yeah. Like I was just like, too. not necessarily like fat. I was just like lifting this boxes real hard. Like <laughs> it shouldn't be. <laughs> what happened? Um, so I just wanted to get like that, you know, and I got like back problems. This is not exciting for you guys. Well, we're like, <laughs> it's like, wait. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm anyway, anyway. Let's talk about my neck problems. Oh yeah, I feel you. Um, so you're taking care of yourself. You what? What else are you doing? I know, like with your marriage, like how many of us are married in here? Like my husband's right back here. Like he's husband, hubby. He's oh, right there. Cute. He's so cute. So sweet. Um, um, my husband does not come to the events anymore. He's like, he's <laughs> well, like, I'm Bitch, sure there are four a month. I'm over <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> right? He's not here for it. He, um, uh, yeah. We. This is a big one, so he's here. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> but, exactly. Um, so what else are you doing? Are you like... Yeah, I mean, relationships are tough for sure. I mean, I think um, for us, luckily, like my husband works from home. He also like collaborates with us on projects. Um, but there has to be a mutual understanding of like, he knows I'm like hustling and loving it and like building something I really love. On the days where I'm like, I just need to get through this month. He's like, babe, you said that for the past few years. I'm like... Um, he is really good about being like step away to put the phone down like he knows how to also help in those situations as well but he's super supportive and if, if you have someone that's like jealous or like not down for you to be out of town two times a week or I don't know whatever it is but like that would be really di difficult but it's like about finding the right people um, and figuring it out. And, and, you know, now I'm at a place where I'm like, I want to make more time for friendships. I want to make more time to work out or whatever it is. Um, and I have the luxury of doing that now that we have a bigger team, but I mean, the past couple of years, there's no way. Yeah. So let's talk about now that you have a bigger team. Um, when you, you guys create a lot of partnerships, which is awesome. Like MasterCard is the most recent one I can think of. Um, what do you do like in the pitching process? Because pitching is, I think a lot of us, there's always a sales quote unquote aspect mm -hmm. to what we do as business owners. Um, we have to be comfortable with that. And um, sometimes you, it comes naturally, sometimes it doesn't and that's okay. Um, so when you're pitching to a company for a partnership and first of all, we could talk about that alone forever, yep. but. My fave. It's my fave too. Um, but what happens when it like, you did a great job, you know you did your research, you pitch your ass off, and then it just like falls flat or doesn't go like you thought. Yeah, no, for sure. So we don't have a sales team. I am the only sales team, um, which is insane, but we, that's a new hire that we have is like bringing on a sales team, which like makes me very nervous because I'm very specific about the way well, we very sell. very personal too. Yes, 100%. Um, so when it comes to sales, I would say like, uh, we get, I mean, probably anywhere between 20 to 30 emails a day about interest in partnerships. And it's everyone from, like, I have zero dollars to I have, like, a million dollars. Like, it, there's no rhyme or reason, right? Um, and we answer every single email. So I think at this point, when we're trying to, like, churn through proposals and things like that, when, someone, when it's a pass, I put it in a little folder that I have called follow-up. And I follow up every three, six, nine, 12 months. And I would say I've probably transitioned about 40% of those emails into sales that have said no. So these are people, to clarify, these are people you have reached Gotten, out to? No, have reached out to us for the most that part. That have reached out to you like, guys. We're in that position now. We weren't always in right. that position. 
But I, I mean, I do any, I do 30 proposals a week. Like I'm constantly churning out proposals and I right. get people who just straight ghost, like yep. don't respond. I will email you girl. Like do I, <laughs> my team don't play. like, I feel bad. It's like the 30 mile. I'm like, send it. Send like it I'm like, such a, <laughs> I like follow up like a motherfucker. <laughs> like I am like, Hey girl, I, this is my favorite. Sorry to stock. But just circling back and it's circling like, back. First of all, the sorry to stock email, everyone responds to. Because they're oh like, Oh my god, don't oh. worry, sorry I was on vacation. Whatever. I'm like, look, I'm back. No, um, you've been on vacation for four weeks. Yes. <laughs> I'm like on Instagram liking their photos. Like, like I'm, I'm here. <laughs> you have to be a savage. Like, I mean, like, you have to get that bread. I get am it. literally all about it. But here's the thing is like it doesn't happen every single time, but I I'm telling you, like, there are brands. The MasterCard deal is a really good example. I worked on that deal for two years. Because you asked them or they asked you? They reached out to us, but I stalked them back. But I had, I mean, that's a massive company that takes 10 levels of sign-off for a deal like that. And a million proposal revisions and getting them to the event or whatever it is. And I just worked on it for so long. Same thing with Microsoft. Like, I, that was a big one. one of the, um, our contact at Microsoft attended Crate and Cultivate sneakily as like an attendee like three times. And then on the fourth time walked up to me and was like, I'm with Microsoft. I'd like to work together. And I was like, bitch, you Where come you to bitch? all our events? <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, of course. And like, I flew up there, like our own money was like, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to like get this partnership going. And now yeah. it's been like three year partnership, but awesome. you have to, when it comes to sales, I think approaching it from the way of like, what do you need to get out of this? Yeah. What for you, why is working with us interesting to you? And then if one, if they can't answer that, make them figure out an answer to that. Because if yeah. you have no idea what success looks like for them, you cannot deliver on whatever it is that you're trying to right. do. Cause you have no idea what they want to get out of this. Um, so for us, I think, you know, that's been a huge, huge selling point for us as well. Um, and I think also just knowing your value and, and really what you can bring to the table and how you can make it as easy as possible for them without losing money on the deal. So for some people, they're just like, I just, I don't know how I'm going to like build this thing in three weeks. I'm like, I'll build it for you. Um, <laughs> like, whatever. Like, I am just like, I will do whatever it takes. Like right. $1,500 deals and like million dollar deals are the same to me. I'm like, I care about both equally. Yeah. Um, and it's because we're a self-funded company and it's like every dollar counts. So mm -hmm. I think that's when it comes to sales, like at the end of the day, you have to be extremely human about it and understand that there's another person on the side of that email that has a boss that they are like, I'm spending this money and that they need to show proof of concept or whatever it is. So you have to understand that and approach it from that way. And you also have to make sure that you're providing a fun service because, and I, I say this in my book, but be a pleasure to work with. I think it's so true. Like if, if you're just difficult, like if you're just like, okay, like you signed this contract, great. All right. Well, here's the introduction book. Good luck. And then you don't answer any of their follow-up questions or whatever. Like they're not going to work with you again even if they have the money. So, yeah, that's a great segue. You mentioned you guys are self-funded. Um, for those who may not, you know, um, understand that concept, explain to us what you, what you guys are doing as self-funded. Yeah, so there's a lot of companies you probably hear about now are like venture-backed. So they raise money, they give up equity, and they like are building some, a project, whatever it is. So is anyone in here interested in raising money? Yeah. So 
raising money is it's its own beast. It's a huge hot topic at our conferences. But essentially, you should only raise money if you absolutely need it. So a good example of a company I talk about in the book that that would need money, Rent the Runway, right? massive undertaking. You have to like, get the inventory, ship the inventory, clean the inventory. Like you're not bootstrapping that business, like cleaning it at your house. Like <laughs> you need capital to run that. It's a great idea. Um, that's like a company that deserves venture backing. So for us, when we started, it was like, I can make money, I can hire, I can keep growing, I can make money, I can hire, and I can do this all myself, and I don't have to give up a ton of my equity to do so. Um, so for us, that means we have zero debt on the company, we own the majority of it, and we are profitable and self-funded, which is very rare. But yeah. then you also have people that are in your same category that have raised $50 million and you're competing against them. So it's it's a challenge. Like it has its pros and cons, right? Like I can be like, hey, we're going to launch a podcast. And I have to tell zero people about that. And everyone's like, great, let's do it. I don't have investors to answer to. So it's amazing. I can make all of those decisions on my own. On the flip side, I don't have a bajillion million dollars in the bank account to be like, let's open a space. Let's like whatever it is. Like every penny counts. Um, when you're when you're self-funded business. But you learn so much more that way and everybody on your team, you have to be a team player and mm. then you are so like invested in it and just 100% all in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I we are a startup in the truest mentality um, and we have that entrepreneurial spirit no matter what the size of our business. Yeah. Um, okay, so with that, with being self-funded, um, for everybody out here who's maybe like, I got to bootstrap this thing, like myself included, you know, rate not, not, I think raising money and I'm like, I just got to get more money in the account so we can pay for whatever. Um, what do you, I mean, what do you suggest? Like, what are your tips on bootstrapping? I know a lot of people, like I love listening to Gary Vee and I know like people like him or Mark Cuban would say different things. And it was really interesting. Mark Cuban was here for startup week, Dallas startup week. And he said, you know what? He goes, people come on Shark Tank and like they ask for our money and that's fine. He goes, but you don't need my money, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I was like, it kind of shocked me for a second. So what are your tips? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's like a really unfun one, but you're probably not gonna pay yourself for a while or at least pay yourself a very small salary. So everything goes into the business. I think also there's this, um, you know, kind of grand illusion of like, we need an office space and we need this and that. It's like, start so small, start so, so, so scrappy. I mean, there's this like amazing picture of Jeff Bezos. I don't know if you've seen it. He's in this like real shitty office and it's like Amazon scribbled on the wall. I'm like, exactly. It like, looks like a murder scene. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> someone was legit murdered there. And you're like, yeah, that's what your office should look like. Um, so I think it's that. And I think the other thing is like, don't overextend yourself on overhead or employees or things like that without having a strong financial pipeline in the mix. And I mean, the most basic of principles is make more money than you spend and figure out a way to do that and continue doing that. Um, so I think that's the way it has to be. And so when you're starting a company, you know, getting your first, you have to do it all. Like I was doing like HR, accounting, whatever. I did all of it for so long until I was like, I can hire someone to help. Um, and it took a really long time to get to that place. Um, but I, I always also say is like, you know, you have to think about your business. Everyone's like five-year plan, five-year plan. I think of our business in months. Like 
truly. Like, how much am I spending this month? Month? How much am I making this month? How much am I going to be spending that month? And how much do I need to be making that month? Because the growth and the um, sort of rapid pace of the way business works now, I can't even begin to think five years. Because I'm like, what if my five-year plan was like, let's double down on Vine and like make it a Vine play? <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> uh, what? Like, so... It's very difficult to know who's doing what, who's going to focus on what. Like five years ago, if you're like, I'm going to start a podcast, everyone's like, What's cool. A podcast? Like, <laughs> and now you're like, oh, fuck, I should have started a true crime podcast five years ago. Like, so <laughs> I think it's like one of those things where it's like, we, you have to kind of scale back on that five year plan. Obviously, have goals in your mind, but start thinking day to day, month to month when you're starting out. I love that. So this is kind of just like, whoop, jump to another question. Um, how do you deal with maybe thinking about projects or maybe you get a rejection on like a speaker that you want to come to one of your events? How do you deal with rejection? So it, many people say no to me. It's well, it, it hurts your feelings yeah, and you're like, I'm a girl and I still care. Oh my God. I'm over it now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. fine. Um, so I think it's, it's one of those things that makes the yeses so much sweeter. But I think at the end of the day is, Thinking about rejection, thinking about failure, thinking about all these things, you have to think of it as twofold. One is that it's not the right time. So it's not the right time for this person to say yes or for this deal to go through or whatever it is. Everything happens for a reason. It's so true. And two is that failure is really just a series of data points. Everything that goes wrong is a learning, is a lesson. There's something that you can pull out of that to understand why didn't I get the yes I needed. Um, and also, don't be afraid to ask that. Like, you know, especially when it, going back to the pitch, if they're like, we didn't go with you, absolutely, I'd love to hop on a call and hear about why we weren't selected. Like, I'd love to know that information. They're like, hey, your reach isn't big enough. And it's like, okay, thanks. Good luck on that other thing. Like, whatever. And then you're like, all right, I gotta get the reach up. Like, you know, so it's like, you have to ask questions. You have to be prepared to fail. But like, also, I am essentially at this point bulletproof. Like, so much bad shit, nose, nightmares, people pulling out, you name it. Like, it's par for the course. Like, it's so normal. Everyone is going through it. I think that's something else that, like, everyone needs to know is, like, there are ebbs and flows of business. There are good months. There are bad months. There are, like, every single day I was on the podcast Lady Gang. I don't know if you guys whoop, whoop. Yes. So I was with Kelty the other day, and Kelty literally, I was like, oh, how are you? And she's like wavering between like, I'm killing it, and I'm going to quit it all. And I was like, <laughs> legitimately, that's like every day as an entrepreneur. Yes. Um, you're just like, oh, my God, yes, good email. <gasps> Fuck, nightmare email. <laughs> like, it's just like you're constantly I'm never going like, to look at this again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's how it is. And, it, and honestly, it's like I'm now I'm, what, 11 years in? It's still the same. Um, yeah. So it's just one of those things, you know, and I. And it's just, rejection is par for the course. Move on. Don't let it get in your way. Who cares? Put it in the rear view. Ooh, we get it. Yes, girl. Um, okay. I'm going to copy you, and we're going to do some speed round questions. Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, okay. What is your favorite coffee order? Ooh. Um, so... I don't know if it's big here yet, but oat milk is the big we deal. We love oat milk. Shout out oat milk. Um, <laughs> no, oat milk's having a real moment. But we've been doing like oat milk lattes at the office, and I'm very down. Love it. Um, margarita or rosé? Um, rosé all day. I'm okay. a huge wine drinker. I love it. Yep, love it. Nap 
or read a book time? I mean, you know the answer to this. Time. Nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be napping right now. I'm like, I'm like I'm just let it. me sleep. Let's just go take a nap. Um, I'm just going to sleep on that couch. <laughs> okay, we have time. Um, first of all, let's say thank you so much. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. That was the so fun. Um, we could talk to you forever. Um, we could take, like, two questions. And, I mean, you have, like, a minute each. Boom. Kay. Boom. Those hands went up. Or you want to call on people? Okay. Oh, I. Yeah, Brittany. Stand up and introduce yourself. Brittany, go ahead. We'll start there and then go. Yeah, hiring is the hardest part of the job. It's the legitimate worst. Um, So I'm really specific in job interviews. So my team almost like jokingly is like, you need to like chill. You're selling people on not working here. Because I'm just brutally honest. I'm like, hey, because I, from the outside, Create and cultivate, and not even from the outside. It is amazing. It's so much fun. It's so cool. You get to meet celebrities. It's awesome. Like, you get to do a bunch of cool shit that you probably wouldn't be able to do elsewhere. However, it is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And so I am very upfront with people about, like, hey, so this isn't just a nine to five, it's a five to nine. It's like, it is the nine to nine. It is like the all the time I'm thinking about this business type of job. And like, if that's not for you, that's cool. And I will like help you find another job and I will like give you a recommendation or whatever. But like, that's what we're looking for is people who love to work. Um, and also people who are self starters, who like don't need a lot of management. Like, I'm very specific about who will thrive in this environment because our core team is so amazing, but they're so good and fast and like thorough and have it down that like anyone who comes into that environment that isn't set up for success in that way will not do well. So I think it's just really important to be brutally honest in interviews. Like you're interviewing them as much as they're, you know, kind of interviewing for the job too, where I'm like, I just like to put it all out there. And I think it weeds people out in a really good way. Like I've had really good interviews where I've done that thing and they're like, yeah, you know, like I'm really looking for a job where I can check out at six. And I'm like, absolutely. Like you should go find that. Um, and I think that's okay. And I'm, I always preface like it is okay. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's not for everyone. Um, so I think that's really important as well. And then I think also people who, I mean, my biggest thing is like, you have to know what for the job you're interviewing with. So for instance, like someone's interviewing for social media, I will ask them like, what do you think we're doing well? What do you think we're doing bad? And if they were like, um, like you didn't even look at our social media and you're applying for the job, like, what are you talking about? What was your favorite event activation we did for producers? Like, find people who've done their research and like know about your business and care versus like, I just showed up because this looked interesting. Um, you have to find the people that have that connection to the brand or at yeah. least the due diligence to like yeah. look into it before they get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, it, I think it's really an exciting time because I think we're seeing so many new female entrepreneurs now um, coming into the mix. But I mean, my hope is, is that we have more female entrepreneurs in a wider array of spaces. Engineering is a really good example of that. Like women in the sciences, women like, you know, outside of what you know and love is like female led businesses, fashion, beauty, PR, whatever. Like I would love to see more diversity in that sense. I think also more women with self-funded businesses getting the press and love that they deserve. I think right now, like press is all about the million dollar valuation. It's kind of bullshit. Like they don't want to talk about successful small female business owners. And I think that's one of the things I'm so excited about that we're partnering with MasterCard with. But I think also we need more women getting funding. Like I am not in that ballpark, but like I think women get 2% of all funding. Yeah. It's insane. Women of color get like 0.02. It's, un boo, boo. it's un <laughs> unbelievable. And it's so 
sad. And it's when you look at the breakdown. So one, more women getting funding for their businesses, I think is absolutely, you know, something I want to see more of. Um, and I think also just more female CEOs and executives at the topic of companies, like beyond just being entrepreneurs. Like, because we can just start as many companies as we want, but these larger companies have so much say and so much pull, especially with legislation. So we need female leadership at the top. This is awesome, you guys. Okay, we're going to get instructions really quick about the VIP meet and greet and all that stuff here in a second. Jordan's going to come back up and give us instructions. Um, but let's give Jacqueline one more round of applause. Thank and say you, guys. Thanks. This episode is also sponsored by Dallas IVF. At Dallas IVF, they know how important it is for you to fulfill your girl boss dreams. They believe in educating the woman to take control of her reproductive health and know that options are available. Egg freezing allows you to extend your childbearing years. It's not just about having a baby. It's so much more. You deserve to accomplish your personal goals without having to worry about your future fertility. Don't wait too long to make an informed decision. Instead, get answers to your questions today and gain hope for the family you've always dreamed of. Visit DallasIVF.com to learn more.